Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Welcome back to B&E Thursday, Buck-Ons and Buck-Offs, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Of course, we do appreciate all of those, but you can now stop sending me thoughts on Marie Osmond as Bikini, National Bikini Day, yesterday. As a matter of fact, no, you don't have to put Marie Osmond in there. That's not nice, because you're not being nice there. You're not trying to be nice. Good contributions, though. We appreciate Salma Hayek for reminding everyone it was yes. National Bikini Day yesterday, and now we've gotten the J-Lo pictures. And, and all the other pictures. All the yes. others. Oh, that's the one we didn't need to see. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, come on <laughs> Golly. now. And then we were reminded that Martha Stewart does appear or did appear in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition yes. this year. Which... I had to buck off that roller coaster ride. That I, I can't believe they waited so long. Did you figure out where that was? No, but i but I got to believe this. If you... Isn't that one of the things you have to check before the roller coaster day starts? Like, well, where check was the this seat, cracked roller coaster? Check the seat belts, and then somebody got somebody goes on the tracks and looks for cracks or something. If there's a missing plank, I know they're not all wood roller coasters anymore. Back in the day, where it's Six Flags down. Well, this there. is in Charlotte. Um, no sense of urgency. A man who captured a crack on the side of the ride. Um, this place called Carowinds oh. Amusement Park, and he's uh, he's upset. This guy's upset. There was no sense of urgency, but he got the picture of a big crack in the roller coaster. That seems unsafe. That yeah. seems not good. Isn't that something you check? Isn't that part of the checklist before the day starts? Well, if that was like in my house, I'd be concerned. <laughs> yes, you would. But a big crack like that rolling through my house, I wouldn't be. That thing had about three more rides before everybody ended up in the parking lot. Uh, How awful would that been? Yeah, I'm not and then you said that. there were people there that were upside down at some place for two hours. Three. Three hours? Three hours upside down at an amusement park in Wisconsin. Three hours. Now, they were they were secured and they were safe, but they had to hang there on the up, up, you know, hanging upside down. for. Yeah, but that's not one of those deals where you're, you're hitting all the different buttons there to try to get the thing to start going and you hit the, the seatbelt thing. Oh, 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 no. Somebody's going to hit that eventually. I'm like, no. Three hours upside down? And three hours. And you just have to be patient. You just have to sit there. I, mean, <laughs> yes. I, I, I get impatient after like a minute sitting and in, you know, waiting for something. I'm or being in the elevator didn't just doesn't come down right away. Hey, <laughs> yeah, come on. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, another person has reminded us there. Let us know that the, the, the world's most famous uh, influencer, who is also a co- collegiate athlete, Livy Dunn. Livy Dunn of LSU Gymnastics has also put out a – National Bikini Day picture, and it's her Stars and Stripes Ensemble uh, coming on the 4th of July. So thank you, Livy. Happy birthday. 
Happy America. Happy birthday, America. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. We've had some uh, good conversations today on the sports realm as well, uh, including the Longhorns. Buck on to Jalen Ford, the Longhorn linebacker. He is the preseason pick as the Big 12 Conference's Defensive Player of the Year. And, um, you know, I think he should have won that award at the end of last year uh, as the Big 12's best defensive player. His numbers last year, 119 tackles, 10 for loss. He had two sacks. Three forced fumbles, recovered two fumbles, and also had four interceptions. Wow. And if you remember, those were this just came at crucial moments of the game, um, so of important games. And we heard from Steve Sarkeesian earlier, but uh, talking with Greg McElroy on the Greg McElroy podcast. I wanted to pick this up. Can we uh, fire this up there, Jack Farrell? Um, because one of the things Sark's excited about, we know he talked. We, we the cuts we played during our coaches' corner in the seven o'clock hour. We heard him talk about the team on a mission that they feel like they let games get away last year, and they're there as a team uh, working to to make sure they they finish these fourth quarter games and and get to a Big Twelve championship game. That's the goal. I mean, we we talk about all gas, no excuses is right. kind of the moniker. Well, Sark said, says that's what their moniker is. They don't. They, they the only player on the Texas roster that's even played in a Big Twelve championship game is Christian Jones, the right tackle. He played in it no in eighteen when Texas lost to. Uh, Oklahoma and Kyler Murray, so they haven't been back to that game, and there is a sense that that's the mission. The mission is, uh, he he said and told Greg McElroy that's why on the day of the SEC schedule release for 2024, he said it was the team that wanted to put out on social media their schedule for this year because this is the mission. The mission is to win the for Big sure, Twelve Championship right. game, and you know they 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 have the opportunity. They have the most members of that All Big Twelve team with five. Headlined by Jalen Ford, Byron Murphy on defense, Xavier Worthy, Jatavion Sanders, and uh, Kelvin Banks on offense, and you know I think there's some other names you would put that you think or could uh, could play to an All Big Twelve level on that offensive line. Maybe other receivers. Uh, I know you like Jonathan Brooks as a running back. Yes, I do. Uh, with the, with a with an improved offensive line. Also, keep in mind this is the other thing that Steve Sarkeesian sensing that there's a moment here and an opportunity, you know, hiring coaches where he needs them, right? Paul Chris to help make sure they can run the football, uh, you know, helping him uh, with that, with that, you know, power run game and the, the outside zone run game, which, you know, if you can give Quinn yours and these weapons play action because you're able to run the football uh, and force teams to, you know, bring people into the box to stop run games. Well, now you're, you could be unstoppable with the weapons they have on the outside. And you know, who do you match up with Jatavion Sanders and A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington? You know, you, you just you can't double-team them all, right? It's a, it's a, I hear Rod Babers talk about the math equation all the time. Uh, they have the weapons, but they have to be able to run the ball. You know, Quinn Ewers needs to be able to hand the, run, the ball off to be able to set that up and force teams to bring extra people in the box. I think that is a fair point. But on defense, this is where they can also take a big step forward. We talked about going from a, a, a disciplined defense that was so improved and then opportunistic last year to a team that, that finishes, you know, they don't just finish top three in the country in pressure rate, but they actually sack the quarterback. And yeah, they, I mean, an aggressive defense that makes makes you turn the ball over. That's right. Which, to me, if you combine that with what they can do offensively and on special teams where they're getting deeper, they brought in Joe DeCamillis, the 30-year NFL special teams coordinator, won a Super Bowl just a couple years ago with the Rams running their special teams. He's a guy that can, you know, this is the leaving no stone unturned thing for Sark, that we're going to give our our, our team the best opportunity 
to win, you know, win the Big 12 championship in all phases, right? We want to be really dynamic on offense and defense and on special teams. And to me, that's what creates separation in games, right? These, all these close games you've been playing, yeah, they, I mean, that's, they can become wider margins because your special sure. teams are special and your defense is forcing turnovers and making splash plays instead of just being opportunistic. Yeah, you're building a team to win a championship on your way out, and you're building a team to get ready to start to be in championship type of games from this point on after next year. Well, think about Every we, game is a championship game in the SEC. Well, and I'm not comparing Steve Sarkeesian to Nick Saban. I'm just saying, think about when we talk about Nick Saban teams, that you have to beat all three phases for four quarters, right? You've got to deal with them. And, and how do they... How and they, they don't go away. They don't go away. And now, can Sark get that? I, I think that's what he's trying to build. He, he worked with, with you know, Nick Saban long enough to know that if, you, if you're dominant in three phases of the game, I mean, there's not much anybody can do, especially no. if you're talented and well-coached. And you can see where Sark has taken it. But let's hear from Sark on the defensive side of the ball. And one of the things he's excited about is the defensive continuity, that all the coaches on the staff have been here the whole time, right? They've, it's been Pete Kwiatkowski. Now, Gary Patterson was here a year ago, but he's now moved on. But you know the, the 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 core coaches have been together now for three seasons. Here's Sark on that continuity, well, on the field and in the coaching room. Yeah, I think I think a couple things. One, you know, one thing that's been helpful for us on the defensive side of the ball is staff continuity. Yeah, you know, having having our entire defensive staff back now together for a third consecutive year, I think their rapport uh, is is critical. You know, those guys all came here. I hired them all almost like hire guns from different spots and never really worked together, you know, and then we had to make it, okay, how do we get everybody on the same page? So I think that part's been helpful. Um, and then the, the, the veteran players, you know, obviously Jalen Ford is a great player at linebacker. Yeah. Uh, I love, you know, the fact that we have Byron Murphy, we have Trevondre Sweat, we have Alfred Collins. Um, we have some, you know, we have, the kind of the, that nucleus of guys back. Uh, we have Baron Sorrell back who had a really good sophomore season for us. And they get five and a half sacks as a sophomore. And then the addition of Trill Carter, kind of a veteran presence from, right. from Minnesota and the emergence of some young players, you know, whether it's a, an Anthony Hill, uh, a, a guy like that who we think can come in and, and have an impact. And then in the secondary, you know, Jada and Barron was kind of an unsung hero for us last year at, at the star position. He made a lot of impactful plays, a really instinct, instinctual player. Um, Ryan Watts a year ago was a transfer from Ohio State, played all year for us at boundary corner, was really good. Um, you know, Jalen Catalan coming in. Um, like you said, when he's healthy, he's a you know he was an All SEC player, and he's in he's in great shape. We're we're fired up to have him. The addition of Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest, who was a two year starter there. So you know we don't live in the portal, uh, but the guys that we have gone to get, I think, are going to be impactful players to go along with a lot of a lot of young players that we have high hopes for. Derek Williams, uh, Malik Muhammad. There's some pretty good young players that I think are, are going to help us this fall. All right, so offense and defense coming together. Uh, let's hear one more from Sark with Greg McElroy on the uh, defensive tight coverage. And I know you like the secondary a lot, Buck. You think this secondary improved? I mean, Ryan Watts coming in from Ohio State to give them that boundary corner. Year two, yes. Um, you know, when they were healthy in the secondary last year, they were really good, but they did suffer some injuries, and that's why they've just poured depth on top of it, right? Another recruiting class, Gavin Holmes, a two-year starter at Wake Forest, is now there in that cor- that cornerback room. Um, you know, Jalen Catalan in the safety room to go with the other guys. Jalen Gilbo was a hot shot as a freshman. He should be a year better. They're really deep, and Sark wants to be a team that can play tight coverage so that they can get home with these, you know, with these quarterback sacks and, and start to 
increase that that number with those splash plays for loss and turnovers. Here's Sark on the defensive coverage. Uh, defensively, you know, we just keep harping on. We want to be able to play tighter coverage um, so that we can not just affect the quarterback, but now, you know, create more sacks and create more negative plays. Um, you know, I think we were one of the, the country's leaders last year in pressures on the quarterback. If not, we might have we might have led the country, but our sack numbers weren't where they needed to be. So yeah. hopefully with tighter coverage, um, we, we can we can get the quarterback on the ground a little bit more, maybe create some more turnovers, uh, and create more short fields. All right, so there you go. There's offense in the seven o'clock hour defense in the nine and Jalen Ford. Uh, would you agree with me, Buck? I said yes last week he's the, my most indispensable Longhorn. If there's one guy you cannot have suffer yeah, an injury with Yeah, be, at that depth in their defense, no, you can't afford that. And he's just such a piece, right? He's such he's the, the heartbeat of the defense right up the middle. And, yeah, the, the, the ability to be around the ball, to be instinctual, um, just to, I mean, his development has been phenomenal. But I think the drop-off between I mean, who's ne- who would be next, right? If he, if he were to have suffer – and I don't want to, you know, but injuries You'd do happen. You'd have to put it on the freshman. Anthony Hill, you know, D- David Benda, Jet Bush. I mean, that's who you're talking about. Because remember, DeMarvin Overshone's playing for the Cowboys now. Yes. And, um, you know, those two together were really good last year. They're hoping Anthony Hill, the five-star freshman from Denton, who flashed so much in the spring game and in spring. Well, then he'll be playing. Yeah, well, and they, I think, as we've heard, they did. They you're want good him. enough, you're old enough. And since they don't have a true dominating edge presence, um, you know, borrow you know, Dan Quinn, right? I mean, Dan Quinn in Dallas, weaponize this guy. If he's not ready, you know, mentally to be an every-down re-defense linebacker, just sick him on the quarterback. Sure. I mean, just let him go after him. We saw it in the spring well, He game. seems like the kind of guy that would keep the edge. You're not getting out around this no, corner. No, And just move them all, use them as a piece around your base defense to pressure. the, And that's what DeMarvin Overshone was doing a lot last year and really took off. Anthony Hill has shown the immediate ability to attack the football. Well, and if they can do what they did last year, which they, as you said, they, they got pressure. They didn't get a bunch of sacks because that's not what they've been. But if you still can get that kind of push in the middle, that'll be the most important thing is to push that, you know, that in those, in those, the guard, the A gaps and still be able to push guys back and make these quarterbacks have to make some decisions in a hurry. Yeah. I think that's going to be good. Well, and you heard, you heard Sark just say, if we combine that with tighter coverage from an improved secondary. Oh, I love that secondary. Well, now, we're, uh, now you're after it, right? Now you're really getting after people on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, that you see where it's going. I mean, uh, talent everywhere, but then coach it up, leave no stone unturned, bringing in NFL 30-year assistance to help with, with the, core, the special teams. This, that's the, uh, you know, to me, that's the attention to detail that, the program needs it needs that and if you can afford to pay those coaches whatever they they pay advisors buck by all means uh, there's no rule against it do it well, if this dude could help a guy like alfred collins look out yeah well gosh that's a name i mean you're that, that i when i talk about the defense being so strong up the middle with byron murphy who's first team all you know all big 12 uh on the team that was announced yesterday tavondre sweat coming back to give you that big anchor that big core body in the middle uh, with Baron Sorrell on one side at the Buck mm-hmm. spot, the Buck position. Ethan Burke is a guy that they really like out of Westlake, the long, you know, rangy guy. If he continues to add strength and, and technique, he can be a guy that turns into a pass rusher, Justice Finkley. But, you know, if you have Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and then your replacements come in and think about it, Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins should be your next two in. Well, those were four- and five-star players. It was, yes. It's time for them to take that big step. And to your point of Bo Davis and – this defensive staff, 
hey, let's get to that next level with those two guys. Well, now you got a four-man rotation or four-person rotation that can really, really be good. And they, and they have all the skills in the body to do it, too. That's the thing. It's a lot of heart in all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, also a name we haven't mentioned that I think you should watch is Maurice Blackwell. Maurice Blackwell is one of those guys who, you know, is going to play the will linebacker. He's a converted back, a defensive back, but in a in an era of positionless football, he's that kind of guy too. He can be a little Demarvion Overshone like in his ability. So uh, like where it's going, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, the one thing we haven't even mentioned with all this death buck when they get to camp in a month, the competition continues. Right? Who had the oh, best for summer? Sure. Who got it? Who who worked on what we we talked about at the end of the spring? Who's really you know, put the time in? Yeah, if you haven't locked down a position, you got it, here's your your time is coming up here that's shortly. Right. And and who who took to that? And that's going to be on the offensive line. There have been reports that uh, um, DJ Campbell, the guard out of Arlington, who was a five star player, he was rated as the number one interior offensive lineman in the state. That he's had a really good summer, and he is going to push because I think we you pretty solid in saying that Kelvin Banks will play left tackle and that Christian Jones will play right tackle. Jake Majors has the B-line on center. Well, what about the guards? Hayden Connor and Hudson Cole Hudson, but D.J. Campbell's coming. Um, you know, the, those other big dudes in the middle, who's going to compete for those jobs? That's a good thing, right, when you're, when you're competing to earn those spots. And once you earn it, you know, you, you've proven yourself. And that's where I think the Longhorns are getting, really in all phases, secondary. Uh, you know, linebacker would be the one place where you're, you're still pretty thin right now, but they had a great recruiting class of young linebackers. So in time, that position's also going to get there. But for this year, man, you have to have um, your middle linebacker, Jalen Ford, stay healthy. Has to happen. Oh, yeah, he's got to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, also, we haven't even mentioned, gosh, Terrence Brooks at corner. Golly, how good was he in the uh, in the game, in the bowl game, in the Alamo Bowl, really stepping in. as He was a true freshman playing yeah, he, in that he game. He got a lot of confidence. A very good offense and played outstanding. He's another one of those guys that just feels like as, as the light comes on more and more, can really compete and give you depth in your secondary to play that tight coverage you want to play opposite Ryan Watts. So Yeah, I mean, a young guy who looks like an all-conference type of player Yeah, for your future. Hey, let's play the team on a mission cup one more time for folks who missed that in the 7 o'clock hour. Here with Sark with Greg McElroy talking about, you know, you know, the, there's optimism from the fans, there's optimism from me, but at the same time this team feels like they left, uh, they left wins on the board last year and they don't want to do that again. You know, I really feel like our team's on a mission. Like we, we've 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 been building for this um, to 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 win a Big Twelve championship. I felt like you know that they will all tell you that that we missed an opportunity a year ago to not play for the Big Twelve championship game because of our own undoing. You know, we made yeah. we made some mistakes in a couple of games that cost us an opportunity to be in that game. Uh, and these guys have been on a mission all fall or all winter, all spring. Uh, and what was interesting, we were in a team meeting and I was referencing that, hey, just so you guys are aware, they're going to release the SEC schedule tonight. These guys wanted to put out our 2023 schedule to remind everybody who we were playing <laughs> this year. Uh, and so it, it didn't take much. I mean, we've got great leadership on this team. We've got guys that, you know, really the full allotment of our team now are players that I inherited that have now been with us for three years and have completely bought into who we are and what we're doing or their kids that we recruited that believed in what we were doing, and that's why they came here. So we, we really have a locker room full of guys that are believing in, 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 in what we believe uh, and have really good leadership and are putting forth uh, the necessary effort and means to, 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 to try to be a champion. And that's, that's why they came here, and, and hopefully we're giving them the platform and the tools to go do that. 
And I think that's what I see from that secondary. There's they, they got football players in the secondary now. They're they're players. They they are football dudes that understand that understand the game. They understand the parts about how you have to position yourself to tackle, how to make plays, how to defend, how to be right in somebody's jock, you know, without letting them out there free. I I, I like I, I like the secondary a lot. I really do. Agreed. Agreed. Hundred uh, percent. All right. So there's a, there's a lot of optimism, and this is what you know. Fifty eight days of the season's about. Um, you know, excitement building. Big Twelve Media Days next Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, Longhorns. As we mentioned there'll be Steve Sarkeesian there, along with Jalen Ford. Uh, and Jade Barron is going from the defensive side of the ball next week. He'll be up there. Uh, Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers. Those will be your five Longhorns representing the Horns. At Big 12 Media Days next week. But i got to believe that I, we, you and I will, before this season's up, we'll have to say at the end of the season, there's two games that Sark won. I mean, his, because of his recruiting, because of his talent, he's going to call some plays that we're going to look back and say, the head coach won that game for this team. I know they had to execute the, the game plan, but we're going to have him have a couple calls where we, it won't be, you know what, we didn't, you know, that one series, if it wasn't for that one series, I think we're going to have the head coach this year where we're going to say, you know what, he won two games for us. Well, he Two also big games. Has to uh, examine himself and his play yes. calling in those big moments of those big games last year. I think this is his year to do that. We're there to be one, uh, without a question. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll pick up these conversations. It's Buck On and Buck Off Thursday, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Bring those. Uh, who has earned that from you? The pat on the back, the kick in the hindquarters. That continues all morning long. Uh, of course, we go all the way to light the tower. By the way, Jeff Howe texted me. Jeff Howe is anchoring light the tower with Craig Way still on vacation. And Jeff let me know that uh, Cameron Parker, we call him Colonel Cam. Yes. Coming up at 11.30, he is going to, he has accepted the challenge in the wake of the hot dog eating contest of Monday that Cam Parker is going to try to eat 10 donuts in five minutes at 11.30. Remember, Chad Hastings believed he could do that. Sugar shot coming up. Failed miserably. Cam Parker is going for it. 10 donuts. And I believe it's Shipley's. I believe it's Shipley's. Remember, in addition to lots of ice, lots of sugar on that donut. Buck on to Glazed, uh, yeah to Joey Chestnut, who again won the hot dog eating contest on on Tuesday. Sixteen out of seventeen. Now he's one of the most dominant athletes in the world. I heard that said the other day. Athlete. Somebody called he's him an eater. athlete. He's an eater. Yes, he's an eater. But he is. He also holds the record for most glazed donuts eaten at a sitting. I mean, this you know he's got the best innards. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, he's not an athlete, but it's worthy of. Recognition. You know what I'm saying? We'll be back. Uh, buck ons and buck offs. Bring them on B and E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Interesting note from the NBA. Just saw this on. Uh, the interwebs, the Boston Celtics have expressed interest in Damian Lillard, which shouldn't be surprising. If Damian Lillard isn't available and your team's not talking to the uh, to the Portland Trailblazers, you might want to fire your general manager. But um, the uh, the conversation will be ongoing. Of course, Grant Williams traded to the uh, Mavericks uh, yesterday. That deal, a three-team deal that's done. Of course, the uh, former Rick Barnes player at Tennessee, Grant Williams, 24 years old, twice the SEC's player of the year when he played for Bar- Coach Barnes at Tennessee. Uh, just a nice piece. Tough guy, 26, 24 years old, 6'6". Six, six. He's not going to get any taller, no. but you know he's tough. Now, he'll also live in infamy in Boston because he was the guy that 
Remember he, he talked a little trash to our guy Jimmy Butler, and that was a bad idea. Bad night for that one. Jimmy went all Jordan on him. <laughs> went, all, went all Jordan up in his face. I love that. I was watching some uh, highlights, excerpts from the Jordan documentary, The the, uh, the Last Dance, and I was reminded of the, uh, gosh, who, LeBradford Smith episode. Remember LeBradford Smith? The oh, and he did everything in his powers to destroy yeah, guy's had a big, career. Yeah, LeBradford had a big game against him in Chicago, and, you know, Jordan had a bit of an off night. And he ended up like scoring 38 points or something, and uh, Jordan didn't have his best. But for kind of a quirk of the schedule, they played the the Washington Bullets, who it was at the time, the next night in Washington. And Jordan said, that the, he says the kid said to him, hey, good game, Mike, on the way off the floor. And he took that as a slight. Yes. So he told everybody that he's going to light that kid up the next day. Well, then he admitted that he didn't say anything to him. Like he he made that up yeah. to, to to give just himself a little something, something. He didn't there. even talk any smack. And if like, what kind of smack is a hey, good game, Mike? I mean, I mean that's not smack, but that's what Jordan alleged. And then he torched him the next night. He had he had like thirty. I think LeBradford Smith scored thirty seven points, and Jordan scored thirty eight by halftime the next night in D.C. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy Butler, Grant Williams let that fuse in the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, and it didn't go well. He does play tough though. He does play tough. And then the Mavericks like need him. toughness, right? They need yep. some some muscle. Who's the other guy they signed the offer sheet to there, uh, uh, Happy Jack? Matisse Thibel. He played uh, over in Philly for several years. He was in Portland. Uh, notoriously very bad offensive player, but shot the ball really well for Portland. So I think he they offered him a three-year, $30 million deal, which uh, rounding out that wing room is what Dallas needs to do. All right, no, So that deal gets done. But now the uh, all eyes are going to be – Gosh, if you're an NFL fan, you're wondering where DeAndre Hopkins is going to sign here in the coming weeks and where Dalvin Cook is going to land. And in the NBA, it's going to be Damian Lillard because he's he's the one player available that can change the game, right? I Absolutely. Mean, on pick, any of those teams that he lands on yeah, and, that are well, contenders. Well, and you know this. you know One of the reasons the Celtics need to get involved is Miami is his chosen spot, and they don't want him to. They, no. Boston wants no part of him landing in Miami with Jimmy Butler. So you've got to get involved. But it's interesting. You've had some people mentioning Utah as a possible landscape. Of course, he played at Weber State in college, so he's got Utah ties. But also Utah can put together the best package. If you're Portland, you're looking for young players, assets, prospects, mm-hmm. and you don't want to just give this guy away because he wants to go to Miami. You still have an organization to run. And if he's willing to go to Utah and you can get a, you get a boatload of, sure. of young assets – I think you do it. Um, you know, we had somebody I listened. I listened was it Ramona Shelburne who mentioned the Spurs of getting involved. Which I guess I don't think the Spurs are there yet. By the time Victor Wembanyama is ready to to dominate the league, he's probably going to be on his way, almost done. Damian Lillard. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the fit that the timeline mixing because Damian Lillard in five years he's going to be thirty eight, and in five years Victor Wembanyama is going to be twenty four. Right. So Coming why why unload your your chest to draft picks for for that star? Stick with him. But you, what do you think of either Boston or Utah getting involved here for Dame Lillard? Utah would be fun. I kind of like that. They've got, I think, I mean, they got all of those picks in the terrible trade for Rudy Gobert that Minnesota did. They have a lot of good young pieces. I think it makes more sense for Dame. I just don't want another superstar to be like, trade me here and, and for that to happen. Damian Lillard is, I think, four years left on his deal. He's super conscious of his image. He's probably not going to sit out. So I think if you're Utah, swing for the fences. You're not going to get a free agent of that caliber ever no. in Utah. No, no, you're right about that. And he would immediately become 
Uh, they make them a factor. And I know they've torn it down, right? The Donovan Mitchell trade, the Rudy Gobert trade, that thing fell apart. And that, that's where they acquired all these assets to be able to go after a Dame Lillard, which is yeah, why Dame you do Dame Lillard that. makes a difference wherever he goes. I, where the, if he goes to oh. Minnesota, he makes a difference. Well, and the word is Portland doesn't want any part of Tyler Hero in the four-year $120 million extension he's owed. Yeah, Miami has nothing. It would have to be a four- or five-team deal for this to happen for Miami. But if he's going to force his way to Miami, it's going to happen. Yeah, well, keep an eye on it, Dame Lillard uh, in the play. But, you know, if you're Boston— what would Boston give up to get him? I mean, you don't want to break up the duo. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's you, you gone. He'd Brown. be gone. The fit with him and Tatum isn't great. I don't think he likes being in Boston. Uh, just a, another superstar that isn't a fan of the the city. And in, in, in no, Boston. he would be. He would be. He'd be the guy to go. And they keep dangling him in trade talks for years and years, and I feel like he's pretty disgruntled about that. So I think he cut ties. Have they signed him yet to swing. his new contract? I do not believe that they have. Well, see, that could be a deal, too. And, you know, Dame Lillard with Jason Tatum and the rest of that Boston oh. roster would be silly good. Uh, silly good. Uh, you know, p- people were already surprised that they made the Kristaps Porzingis trade, uh, getting you know, trading Marcus Smart, who was kind of the heart of that team, the guts of that team for so long. Did you like that trade for Porzingis in Boston, or do you, you see what what they're trying with Brad Stevens is thinking? I like getting Porzingis. I think it's funny that they don't really have a point guard. There, nobody on that team can pass. You don't need a point guard to be your primary passer in today's NBA, but they don't have anyone that can pass and facilitate at a high level. I mean, Derek White maybe is your best bet, and if that's your best bet, then. It's not a very good bet. I think they had a decent Dame, year this Dame year Lillard, for them. Really, yeah, Derek White's a good player, from, formerly a Spur. But uh, Dame Lillard would be like that's a fantastic fit, and he's obviously just an incredibly high level, high level superstar player. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, if Boston could swing an off season where they have Porzingis now, and you add Dame Lillard to and go Porzingis with Jason stays Tatum, have the healthy year. Yeah, I mean, health is a is a factor, but you know, because he was playing, it's it's amazing that the Washington, the Wizards are like the. Uh, like playing in Siberia. No one ever sees you play. He be, apparently, Christoph Porzingis had a pretty good year. I know D- Dallas Maverick fans don't believe that, but apparently he played pretty well there. And, um, you know, they, they, they need the size, and they're looking for the skill that he would bring. You put those, that's a pretty good big three, right? Dame Lillard, Jason Tatum, who's a top-five player, and then or at least first-team all-NBA. All and, and you move the, you finally move on from the Jalen Green situation and break that duo up to add Dame Lillard to go with Kristaps Porzingis, that would be dangerous uh, in the East. Uh, so we'll see. I, I keep wondering, is there anything Milwaukee could give up to get to Dame Lillard? Is there, is there, to put him with, with a tenta kumpo would be pretty awesome. I don't think that they would have anything that, ba- that uh, Portland would be too excited about. You could trade like all that money Chris Middleton, Middleton or something. but They signed him. And they don't really have... The draft picks—they've already sent out a few uh, to you know round out championship rosters and other deals. Okay, well there, there's some NBA. We'll keep an eye on that today. Boston getting involved. Boston, as I say, Boston better be involved because if the Heat are his primary target, you've got to do everything you can do to prevent that. You don't need that. By the way, the uh, the, the the king of the sign a deal and then trade me and work just to where I want to go—that's the Kevin Durant move. That's the Kevin Durant move. <laughs> I'm going to sign a deal, but then I'm going to force you to trade me where I want to go. Um, get me get me there where I need to be. That would be the Dame. But Dame doesn't – kind of feels like he would go to Utah and he'd play for the Jazz in the, in the West, and uh, we'll see. But there's some good stuff in the NBA going on. Talking plenty of college football. The Longhorns 58 days to the start of the college football season. Also, as you said earlier, Buck, I think one of the big stories of July – there's plenty, right? College football season wrapping up. NFL training camps will begin and uh, you know to count down to the season. 
in, in these NBA trades, where DeAndre Hopkins lands, where Dalvin Cook lands. And then the I think with the, the announcement yesterday that Mike Trout underwent surgery on his wrist and is going to be out four to eight weeks, which, you know, that's two months, essentially. Let's go with six weeks. Just cut, split the difference. Call it a six-week injury. By the time he's able to get to, get to a rehab and get his, get his stroke back. It, yeah, the they, Angels will be out of it. Yes. And you just, what do they do with Otani? I don't, I, this is one, it's hard to get your head around for a lot of reasons that who, who's going to trade for Shohei Otani that can come close to giving a commensurate package that it's going to take the Angels to move him. Because, but remember, he's a free agent when the season's over, Buck, so it's a rental situation. You know, if, you're, if, you, if you knew he was under contract and he'd sign with you, well, then, okay, let's, let's, let's give up the farm. Let's back up the truck and we'll get him. But his agent, they're not going to give you that assurance. Well, know? they'll go coast to coast because the, the Mets will be involved. That guy has endless money. You know that dude. Yeah. He, he, he'll want to be involved for sure. I don't know this to be completely true, but I have read that, that Shohei prefers the West Coast over the East Coast. Um, I'm worried that that uh, he's not going to move cities, but he is going to move teams. And That's he'll be my with the fear. Dodgers. He'll be with the Dodgers, which would make a lot of sense. Uh, and they have had a great farm system, but they, do they have? Because if you're the Angels and you're going to trade him cross town, oh my gosh, you better get a ton. Oh. You better get a ton. Uh, but that's the other part of it. When we start talking about contract negotiations with Otani this off season, where do you? How do you value this player? I mean. Six hundred million. Well, well, on a yearly basis, yeah, you start out at, at close to a hundred million. More position players who do one thing are making a hundred million. Oh, that other position <laughs> that he plays. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's he's, true. He's two players and two really good players. Um, but but how long of a contract? I mean, how I mean, how long can he remain being? He's only twenty eight years old. So you know, how long do you do? You, you know, is he Justin Verlander? Can he be the top of rotation kind of ace for ten more years? So he's thirty eight years old. If he can, he's worth who knows what the number is because he's in a, he's a top Give of rotation him seven years pitcher. and see where he is from that point on. Okay, and seven years, seven hundred million. Yeah, that's about what you're paying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, uh, because okay. he's that. They'll do that in New York, by the way. If he I, if if he decides that maybe I can move, and the numbers are absurd, but the we, Mets will do that. But we know he just we know in June returned to July on Saturday. He wrapped up. Arguably the greatest June ever played by a Major League Baseball player, ever. The combination of, I mean, his OPS was off the charts. His, he, he hit more home runs in the month of June than any player ever has. Uh, he, you know, for, so at the, with, at the plate and in the field, he was elite, all-time elite. Oh, but he also made four starts, and you realize in games in which he started, he batted over 400. How about that? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's, I mean we, we talk about it, and, and it's absurd, but I don't know how you put a value on it. I don't know how... And what team is going to be able to pay him what that is I, in, in today's market terms? Because he's, he's your, one of your two best pitchers. He's also your best all-around player. He's a great clubhouse guy. Teammates love him. Uh, total package. Oh, and he also leads the Angels in stolen bases. And I'd pay him as two players. I'd pay him as an ace and as a top DH. You said he likes the West Coast better than the East Coast. There's beaches leave, in huh? Houston. Beaches in Houston. <laughs> there, we have a third coast, baby. Gulf Coast. Shohei's going to love it. Shohei, would he come to Houston? Those are beaches. Those aren't swamps with hey, sand on, on the side. Well, I would say yeah, this. Beaches um, close. Unfortunately, the uh, Astros currently don't have much of a farm system to, to move, you know, to use. Heck, most of their top prospects are playing for them right now because of all the injuries. They're all up. Um, you know, 
taken you know, taken over right now with all the all the guys down. Uh, but you know what team that could and their ownership has been willing to spend is the Rangers. I mean the Rangers. They got deep pockets, and you know they've they've invested in the last two off seasons in the Simeon Seager you know duo, and then you know you wonder if they hadn't done the Jacob Degrom thing, which has turned out to be not good, which was feared. You know, if you hadn't made that, I mean, deal, that was one of those "told you so." Yeah, well, we told think, you what was going to well, happen. That wasn't even a hard "I told you so." That was no. just buyer beware. Uh, but listen, if you're the Rangers and you hadn't done that, I think you'd certainly be all up in this Otani conversation. Oh, for sure. Because the Rangers have the best farm system in the game right now. I mean, they got a ton of dudes, and you know that was would be what the Ranger, the Angels want uh, is young prospects. Plus, they have the fourth pick in the draft coming up on Sunday, so you could include that player in a trade for Otani. Would you do it? Because it, here's the problem with the Rangers: he's he's once October's over, he's gone. But if, if you're a Ranger fan, if he could help you win the World Series this year, if he comes in and joins Nathan Eovaldi. And replaces Jacob Degrom as your top of the rotation ace, and he is what he is. To think about it, the the entire infield for the Rangers going to the All Star game, right? And starting the All Star game, uh, a corner outfielder to go with Odolis Garcia would be pretty incredible. Uh, or wherever you need to put Shohei Otani, but he'd also pitch for you. I mean, why wouldn't the Rangers get involved in that? I I would say that the Jacob Degrom thing might be a, a detriment because they owe him so much money, and who knows. If Jacob, if he'll ever pitch, he's going to have to start rehabbing next summer to be ready for the following year for the Texas Rangers. How quick can you get rid of that dude? Because somebody will say, "Yes, I know, I know," but somebody else will say, "You know what? We got to have this guy. You know how good he is when he's healthy. It's like when he's healthy. Like to, to if me, he's healthy, to me, the Texas Rangers have the perfect storm of things it would take to make this deal. Is that they have an ownership group who's got deep pockets and will spend." They're a team who right now feels like they can go win a World Series if they make this move. Otani could put them over the top and make them better than Tampa, put them in there with Atlanta uh, as far as winning a World Series. And they have the prospects. And they have yeah, the prospects. Yeah, they got everything going. They took that DeGrom. Somebody should just give it a little slap to the back of the head of the dude that made that deal. I know you got everything going the right way, but you really did make this move. He did. Get, I mean, to bring this I, guy and I'm here. Not, I'm not saying that that's going to prevent them from getting involved in any Otani talks. But it would certainly be like, oh man, we already owe that dude a truckload. <laughs> oh now we got to sign this guy, and uh, well, this guy happens to be the greatest, arguably the greatest player ever to play the game, and uh, so I think you do whatever and give sure him what do. he needs and go get it and uh, let the wins come. And I'm an Astros fan, so I'd hate to see it. I know Jack would too. He's got his Astros cap on, um, but man, that, there's a lot, a lot to like because because the, the, the other part for the Rangers is this: if your owners are willing to sign off on it and because all these prospects that you have, they have nowhere to go. You know, the, 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 the major league roster is pretty much set for the foreseeable future. You've locked up your shortstop. You've locked up your second baseman in Seager and Simeon. Your Josh Young is going to be the rookie of the year, so he's your third baseman for a long time. Jonah Himes, your catcher. You know, Adolis Garcia, the run producer, you know, he's locked in. So all these, you know, your, your pitching outside of DeGrom is pretty solid. You'd hate to give up on a guy like Jack Leiter or whoever you're going to draft with the fourth pick in the draft on Sunday. But if if it's, to, if it's to get Shohei Otani, and then go you know, move heaven and earth to sign him for the long haul and keep him in the state, bring him to the state of Texas, that would be pretty big news. And Dodgers could do it and afford it. Do they have the prospects that the Angels are going to want? And I do think there would be a, a skepticism of the Angels trading him across town. That I mean, if he signs across town in the off season, that's one thing. But if we trade him to the the other team in our city during the year. 
problematic. And at the end of the day, in this conversation, Buck, it's likely they don't move them at all. No. They don't move them at all. But if they get to the offseason and don't resign them, they're going to look like fools for not getting the truckload they could get to get him. Uh, that I'd rather is, back the truck up to keep them. Well, or yeah, or or you try to find an insurance he'll sign with you, but I don't think you're getting that. But uh, we'll see. That's going to become a huge story here between now uh, and and July 31st in in the sport of baseball, unless the Angels kind of hang around here. But uh, All Star break coming up. Yeah, too many guys hurt. Yeah, well, the only the Trout injury looks long term. I mean, that's two months if you're doing the calendar. Otani should be back you know, from that blister after the All Star break, and then Rendon. You know, he'll 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 be he should be good to go after the break too, uh, coming up next week. All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. Reset our top stories. We'll hand the baton to light the tower with you on a buck off Thursday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Here we go. Buck ons and buck offs. We had the lady earlier or the guy earlier who we had to buck off because he got frustrated with a customer at Seven Eleven that was going all Karen on him. And she, he threw a, a full big gulp in her head. He had to go to jail. Yeah, you know what? Can't that do that. Big old 85-inch screen, AB Consultations TV. If I could just see, you know, during Shark Week, one of these sharks grab one of these little sea lions at Pebble Beach, you could make my day. You could make my weekend to see one of these great whites snatch one of those little sea lions E. Is that bad? Is that mean? Or is that just the way things? Isn't that the way nature is? Yeah. They eat each other. Yeah. Well, so I get mad at PETA when they get mad at us for going fishing. Like, fish eat fish. Why can't we eat fish? <laughs> That's right. Right? Fish eat worms. Come on. Fish eat fish. That's right. And hey, Mr. PETA, as soon as you can get fish to stop eating fish, then I'll stop fishing <laughs> and right. eating fish. Just let me see that great white snatch one of those seals at Pebble Beach. That's a weird That'd thing to think while you're watching the sorry. U.S. Women's Open. I'm sorry about I couldn't that, find ladies. the story I was talking about. There are there are a couple of you know young local golfers who are playing in that that have qualified for the U.S. That's because they qualified, too. Yeah. I think I believe one of them is going to be a freshman at UT uh, who went to Westlake, and there's a, another couple of Central Texas ties to the U.S. Women's mm. Open this weekend out at Pebble Beach. But uh, you can watch that, and you can watch and see if a great white gets a there you go gets a sea line. And if you get two, that'd be great. Even so, we, so we had the dude at Seven Eleven in Florida throw the big gulp at the lady's head. You know, and as I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure she earned it. I, I'm sure that you know sometimes you can't do it. No. But there are just some times that you want to throw a big gulp at somebody's head. I mean, it's just, you can't do it. It's illegal. And he's already had a record. He's been to prison, so this is probably not going to be good for him. Uh, but how about this? It's just breaking. We know that the NBA is doing their, their summer league games out there in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And uh, Happy Jack had the story earlier that tickets to see Victor Wimbanyama play are like 180 bucks in for an exhibition game to see the apparently the next big thing, no pun intended, in basketball. Well, Britney Spears, remember her? Oh, yeah. Crazy Britney? Well, she was allegedly assaulted the what? other night in Vegas by a member after a member of the NBA phenom Victor Wanbanyama's security backhanded her in the face. Yeah, security guard. Whack. Kind of like the lady at 7-Eleven. She probably earned it, but she can't do it. But that's his job. His job is security. The incident went down at a, at a catch restaurant in the Aria Hotel about 8.30. Britney, along with her husband, Sam Ashgari, and two others went to the restaurant Why for dinner to swarm. jack his ass up. Right. He's that security guard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's, that, that, that's what he does for a living, security. Just here on TMZ, Brittany and company walked over to catch as they were entering the restaurant. Brittany stopped Victor, spotted Victor. We were told a fan and went over to ask him if he could take a photo. 
She tapped him on his back and right shoulder and were told the director of team security for the Spurs and the team that drafted Victor last month instantly backhanded her, causing her to fall to the ground. Smackaroni. Did you have some breaking news on top of this there, Happy Jack? Yes, sir. Going back to what we had earlier in the show, UCF grad transfer, Ethiel Horton, has committed to the University of Texas. There you go. There you go. Breaking news. That's a big one. That's the final piece. And I know the Longhorns felt like they were in a good position, but uh, props to and buck on. That'll be the, the best buck on of the day to wrap up the show with, uh, and I know Jeff Howell will have plenty of thoughts on this because we talked to Jeff about it yesterday, but Ethiel Horton committed to Texas over Kansas. Nice. That's big. And uh, we talked a lot about his you know, his experience. He's 22, 23 years old. He played two years at Pittsburgh in the ACC. Played a year last year at Central Florida. Who was the uh, the kid at Central Florida that was a lottery pig? Mr. Uh, Happy Jack. Um, you know, but so that team was kind of built around him. This is a guy who can score the basketball. And he, yep. you know, if you ask, okay, what does Texas need right now to round out this roster? A long, athletic guard who can shoot and space the floor that doesn't need the ball in his hands right he's a catch and shoot kind of player who can spread it and uh, you know open up lanes and and can defend space a little bit the floor yes and can defend and uh, complements the backcourt that already includes max Asmus and tyrese hunter who do tend, who are going to have the ball in their hands a lot right they're going to facilitate offense for themselves and for other teammates this is a kid that doesn't have to and that should do it i mean if they get one if one drops in their lap that's fine but that should do it for Having to go chasing now, right? I think that's it. I mean, I think your backcourt is Hunter, Asmus, Athiel Horton, Kendall Weaver, and the freshman Chris Johnson, who also decommitted from Kansas to commit with Texas. So that's two that Kansas wanted that the Longhorns got. Good. Props to Rodney. You know, your your swing players are, your, are Alexander Mekway, Brock Cunningham, and, the, and then your front line is really, you know, the 6'11 Virginia transfer, Caden Shedrick, Zarek Onyema, a UTEP transfer who Rodney Terry coached when he was there. Dylan DeSue has returned. Dylan Mitchell. I mean, that's a pretty good team. Pretty good up front. Now pretty deep in the backcourt. Veteran with a nice mixture of youth in there now with the freshmen coming in. They got some ballers, too. Yeah. Well, for all those that were panicked uh, when it got off to a slow start in some minds, when other names were, were, were dropping, uh, Rodney Terry has built this roster and his staff, Frank Haith and Steve McClain and the rest of that staff. Props to all those guys for uh, landing the big commitment today. Theo Horton, 6'4 and a half. Coming to Texas. 39% career three-point shooter, Bob. I'll take that. Yeah, man. Knock him down. It's Kirk scored over 1,100 points in his career. More on that with Jeff Howe coming on Light to Tower. Chad and Zay through the midday. Ball don't lie this afternoon as well. Want to thank and buck on our friend Jack Farrell. Did a great job producing Good job, Jack. I think Ty Henderson will be back tomorrow. We'll see. Never know with that guy. Could be a deep <laughs> Eddie or something. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m.